Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of No Names All Game. My name is Chris. I'm your host, joined as always by my co-host, Pat, both back in LA uh, for this episode. And unfortunately, it's another sad episode. Um, after the Ohio State game, we were hoping that we were not going to have another one all season, not this soon at least. Um, so yeah, sad episode, no intro song, and it's a lot of emotions over the last couple of days. This is, we're recording this Monday night, uh, October the 15th. What's your, uh, what's your overall feel right now? What are you thinking? Ah, oh, Chris, the sky has fallen. The fat lady has sung. You have, we have stuck a fork in ourselves. It's over. Um, in terms of us being Big Ten champions or in the college football playoff. However, we still have a chance at a 10 and 2 regular season at a respectable New Year's Bowl win. And if you look to the future, future. Teams that go 10 and 2 still get good recruiting classes, okay? Mm-hmm. So it is the pinnacle of our hopes. Yes, that is absolutely dashed. However, we have a chance to be as good as, you know, Penn State has realistically most of the time ever been. Yeah, and I I think that's a good way to say. It. We're going to get into sort of a, a state of the union in a minute here and I, I want to start with this. A lot of negativity out there on the Twitter sphere right now. A lot of uh, fire Franklin, fire Ronnie, everyone needs to go. You're allowed to feel that way in the moment, right? Like in the moment, losing that game, I was pissed. Then I was just really sad. And then I got to like a point of just confused. Like how did that possibly happen? Uh, So you're allowed to feel these things. Like hell, I was tweeting out, you know, gifts of like the sad kid waving goodbye. And it's like us at our season, right? Yeah. But you're allowed to feel that because you're right. This season... It's over, right? We we don't we're not going to go to the in a way, playoff. In a way, in a way, it, we're not going for the playoff or for the conference. It's over, um, and that's that's the crazy thing about college football. So this is sort of what I was talking about. State of the Union is the reason we're so goddamn invested every single week is because it legitimately matters every week, yeah. right? You watch baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL. You can be a super fan and you can get over losses in the regular season. That just doesn't happen in college football. So yeah, I think for me, it's it's confused and and we'll get through our regular stuff here we'll give out our awards our lion and our lamb we'll go through our good bad and ugly um but for me 17 point or i'm sorry 14 point favorites at home homecoming after a bye week coming off a just a devastating one point loss to ohio state it's just i don't know exactly how it happened so that's about as bad as a loss it's brutal. As you can get. It's Especially absolutely to a, brutal. a team that's underperformed badly so far this season and wasn't completely healthy. And that's the that's the worst part. Is we talked on our preview how we wanted to not only win, but win big. Because if we narrowly survived, the narrative would be, oh, is Penn State really that good? Well, guess what? We fucking lost. So yeah. that narrative is it's worse. out the window for right now. Um, but yeah, I think I think there's there's a lot still to be said for the overreactions, and and that's what I want to get into is all of the tweets of Fire Franklin and this team sucks. It's it's tough because the just this beast that is college football. It's I don't think people understand how hard it is to sustain success, um, and we've kind of placed those expectations on ourselves. I think stemming from. Was it 2016 with the Big Ten Championship? Mm-hmm. We got that taste of sweet, sweet victory, and now that's the expectation, which which is a good thing, right? As a fan, as a player, as a coach, you should want – that should be the expectation every year. It always pissed me off when uh, when uh, Rex Ryan, our famous coach for the Jets, he yeah, would say, our goal is to win the Super Bowl, and people would get pissed. What do you want him to say? Our goal is to go 9-7 and seven and lose in the first round of the playoffs? Like your goal should be as high as you can possibly get. So I love that those are our expectations – but that makes this hurt that much more. So let's go kind of state of the union, state of the Penn State football program. Like, what do you see right now? Obviously, you just said still can go 10-2. and two. Where do you land on the fire everybody versus all things are great? Okay. Uh, first of all, this is a bitter disappointment. And it also makes me worried about what we're going to see going forward through the rest of the season. You know, we already have two losses. It's not going to be easy for us to go through the rest of the season without a loss. But we can do it. Um, and you know, th- this team isn't a bad team. No, um, that, that's a ridiculous thing to say. Uh, they have a lot of fight left in them. There's no way a guy like Trace McSorley is just rolling over and letting a team give up. Okay. Uh, as things look, can still look bright in the future and you know, we still have great recruiting classes. Um, we're going to keep getting better. 
Yep. As far as firing James Franklin. I'm not saying you're stupid if you have this opinion, but I'm saying that your opinion on this is stupid. <laughs> um, I, I agree. And I, like I said, I'm not going to argue on this one. I think we're aligned. But the people, if you're listening to this podcast, you're obviously a little bit more into Penn State football than the casual fan. So I hope you're on our side on this. But if you're not, just, just listen, listen yeah. to what we have to say here. So the, the big uh, criticism of Franklin is he can't win the big one. That is not an unfair criticism. He certainly had trouble with that. My counter argument is, so right now it's 2018. When's the last time Penn State even played in a big one? Okay, and here's the thing. Games can be big to Penn State, but unless you're a 10-win team, you don't play any big games because none of your games have any sort of national relevance. That, and that's just straight up, like, as far as I'm concerned, that's a fact. Yeah, without 10 wins, you're not in a conference championship. You're not in a playoff. You're not in a BCS bowl of the old days. It just doesn't happen. One loss is typically enough, too, and hell, you're, you're not in the conversation. Exactly. And so, in the past 20 years, 22-0, Penn State has had 10 regular season wins four times while not being coached by James Franklin. Interesting. That's 20 years without, with only having an opportunity, four opportunities to play any big games at all. And James Franklin is, has coached four full seasons, already with two of them as 10 regular, 10 win regular season, you know, campaigns. Yeah, 2016 and 27. So we had the Big Ten Championship, and then obviously last year with our uh, pretty great regular season, and then the Fiesta Bowl, right? Yes. All right. And, yeah, I, I under, I'm just as frustrated that James Franklin has trouble putting away these big games. It kills me, and it frustrates me to watch it happen. However, I would rather go 10-2 and two and lose some really excruciating games than go 7-6 and six every season like we have for the past 20 years. Yeah, and it, it's funny because I'm, I'm actually going to take the opposite viewpoint than I do because I'm normally the optimistic one, and I love how optimistic you are right now. Um, but just to play that, that devil's advocate, because Franklin said the same thing in the post-game presser. They kind of asked him, like, hey, you know, we keep having these nail-biter losses. And he said, he's like, hey, I, you know, I'd rather lose five games by 12 points because that's what it is now. Going back to that Rose Bowl, we have lost five games since that time by a combined 12 points, which is just... I watched us lose one game to Ohio State by 60 points one time. Yeah, I remember that. That's a lot worse. We lost a 63 to 10. I remember <laughs> that. I remember those games. They were terrible. Yeah. Um, so he said that. He said, I'd rather lose five games by 12 points combined than be in some other situations. And, and the answer is yes, of course, right? You would much rather be in every game than getting blown out. But I think the, the criticism that is fair, and, and I'm sure we'll get into this in either our bad or ugly, is the ability to close out those games, right? Because it's not like we're losing nail biters and, and just coming up short, right? We have leads in these games, right? We have leads not only into the fourth quarter, but deep into the fourth quarter. So I'm going to save that for, for a segment later on in the show, but that's the criticism. I completely agree with what you're saying though. If you look back historically and, you know, Paterno has all kinds of, you know, scandal aside, of course, football only, he's got all kinds of accolades for being a wonderful coach, taking us to national titles. Like oh, 20 years, only four times with 10 wins. Franklin's done it two in his last four. That's yeah. kind of impressive. With the chance to do it here in the third. Half of the full seasons he's coached at Penn State. Yep. He's had 10 wins in the regular season. And, that, and that's, that's a amazing. big deal. Okay. And people are going to say, uh, oh, it's Joe Moorhead. It's Joe Moorhead. And yeah, of course Joe Moorhead helped. But again, I think we we you know we both believe in Franklin and support Franklin because of what he's been able to build. And we'll get to this because now he's got to take that step. He's got to go from great to elite, as he yeah. said. And this week was a step back. Yeah. So there, I did see one difference in this sort of a closeout loss that we had as opposed to some of the other ones, mm. especially Ohio State last season, where it seemed like our defense started playing really soft in those losses, and that's what's allowed the comeback. This was a, a low-scoring game. You know, Michigan State was always within one possession yep. the entire game. Yep. It wasn't like Ohio State where we were up big and they kept storming back. Um, and then... I thought our defense actually played really aggressively on that last drive. Yeah. Michigan, there was one big mistake, and Michigan we'll State <laughs> did play well. We'll get there. Uh, so let me, let me wrap up. This I, I, I liked, at least defensively, Yeah, I liked the way that game was coached at the end. I would, which, which, I would is, agree. which is a big difference from our recent history 
bad losses. Different from even so two weeks ago. So take some solace in that. Yeah, different from even you two know, weeks ago when we just started letting them the run all over. We're all saying is James Franklin has to improve in these losses. Well, despite the fact that we still lost again, I, I did see improvement. Yeah, I agree. So I'm going to wrap up this sort of State of the Union thing, and then we'll get into the actual mm-hmm. game. Um, kind of similar to your your research of you know how many times in the last how many years have we won X amount of games? For me, it was conference championships because I think something you know a benchmark of college football before the playoff, before the BCS, whatever. It's did you win your conference, right? So looked at the Power Five. There are 65 total teams if you include Notre Dame, which can include them for now. Um, how many unique winners do you think there have been over the last five years? So five conferences, five years, 65 total teams. How many teams do you think have won their conference championship in the last five years? Probably less than 10. Not quite, but damn close. So 16, 16 total okay. winners. But there's 65 teams, only 16 teams. And this is over five-year span. So yeah. you, every year. Another team has a chance to win. Another team has a chance to win. That's 24.6% of teams. So over the last five years, 75% of Power 5 college football teams have not won a college football championship. We got one, right? And like, you don't want to cling on to that. And this, this is what I hate. Like When you get into this sort of, we had a really bad loss and you want to try to rationalize, like you can manipulate stats to make yourself feel good all day. I don't think either one of these that we just rattled off does that. I think that's just no. Real, these are important, right? Things. Like, hey, we've won a conference championship in the last three years. We've won back to back ten win seasons. Like, the sky is not completely fall. We will be okay. Does this really, really suck right now? Yeah. It yeah, does. because I thought we could maybe win a national championship and, this season. Yeah, and you know what sucks? And even now more? we can't. What sucks even more is the Ohio State game. We, I mean, I won't revisit completely, but we <laughs> should have won that game. In a game that we were underdogs, right? We played our asses off. We should have won the game. This game, we should have just demolished this team, and we just didn't show up. So, like, that's, to me, what hurts about this one more than the last one. But I digress. The state of Penn State sucks for the moment. I think we'll be okay long term. So why don't we jump into the actual game, shall we? No, of course. All right. So... If you're new to this podcast, we do a couple different things each game. We're going to review. We go uh, give out our awards. We give out a lion and a lamb. So your lion is your MVP. Your lamb is your LVP, least valuable player. And I don't, I don't want to give that one out this week because this is like I hate, I hate being negative about our team. But again, we're going to keep it straight. When there's you know things to call out, we're going to call out. And when there's good things to celebrate in a loss, we're going to try to do that too. So why don't we start with our lion? Who is your lion of this week? Garrett Taylor. Damn it, I was going to take him. It's a really good pick. <laughs> um, I, I, he was all over the field. Um, only mistake I saw him make all game was not coming up with one interception on a drive where they stalled out anyway. Um, Did they stall out? Okay, because that was going to be a point that I actually was going to bring up that he had that chance. Okay. Someone else had that chance. We'll get there. And that, that man was my lamb. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I thought Garrett Taylor was just – he was everywhere. And he was making plays, had that interception off the tip, had some really good pass breakups. Just, I, 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 was, I was loving watching him. Yeah, and uh, I think, I don't remember what game it was that I gave it to him. Might have been even Ohio State. No, probably a couple weeks before that. I gave him my line. Because I agree, I think he is very underrated as a safety. I think he plays, I think he plays the position really well. I think he's definitely becoming one of our best defenders. And it kind of, this is kind of what we see with, Penn State secondary because a lot of times we see a guy just getting to start his third, fourth, fifth yeah. year sometimes. He's been in the program for a long time. This is his first chance, and hell, he's making a lot of opportunity out of it. Um, interception was great. What pisses me off about that interception, this dude needs to work on his closing speed. Garrett Taylor, I fucking love you. I need you to run just a little bit faster. Because um, he, he, he had a similar interception in Ohio State where it got tipped, he caught it, and then just got chased down from the back. I think we scored on that one, so it's fine. This game, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if it's fair to say that he would have scored, but he kind of cut a little too far inside, and you can see his legs are just not moving. And he gets he gets caught by I think it was an offensive lineman, um, and he gets tripped up. We go three and out. We don't even score on that. If he's able to just turn the juice on and go in, we go twenty-one yeah. seven. That's a completely different game. So. I hate to, yeah, I'm telling you, this is this is weird. We lost. I'm I'm all of a sudden the negative one. <laughs> um, 
I don't want to take away from the Lions Fabric because I really do think he had a phenomenal game. Um, but just do a couple do a couple wind sprints for me, then. That's yeah. all. That's true. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, but yeah, on on a in a game where there are not a lot of bright spots, he is one hundred percent one of them. All right, um, my line. I think it's probably the only other option. It's going to be Miles Sanders. Yeah. Um, the dude had just two unbelievable highlight runs. And if you're going to talk about a guy without closing speed, Miles kind of falls into that too. Um, 78 yards. I, I mean, you don't expect everyone to be able to burn that the whole way, but man, he could have scored on that and just got a little winded at the end. Yeah, uh, but we scored afterwards. Yes, anyway. exactly. So it doesn't matter, right? But it, it is funny to see. Also, how, like, usually defensive backs are faster than running backs. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so, like I, I can't blame I'll give him a break. There. Listen, the, the dude got half of Michigan State's season-long yards given up on one, one play. play. I'm very okay with it. Um, and even more impressively was his actual touchdown. Uh, I think it was a 48-yarder, yeah. bounced off a couple dudes. What I loved is after he made those like cuts where he bounced off of them, he did a little sidestep, and two Michigan State guys ran into each other. I always loved seeing that. Um, and then he turned it on and got in the end zone. So just My, Miles really Sanders has a beautiful jump cut. It's one of my favorite things he does. He's got this great jump cut. He really does. And, and I love to uh, – Bleacher Report tweeted um, – you know, Miles Sanders out there looking like Saquon Barkley and almost every player, Saquon himself included, yep. was like, Miles Sanders is looking like, like Miles Sanders. Shut the hell up. Like, yeah, I love that too. Love it. Because again, we've talked about it. this kid is just the real deal. And eventually in one of these episodes, we'll do uh, we'll do sort of like an NFL prediction, guys that we think are going to leave. And spoiler alert, I don't, I don't, I'm not like leaning towards he will, but he, he could. Might. He could if he wanted to. Like he's yeah. got the talent. He might not be a first round pick, but he'd, he'd go somewhere. Um so the only thing negative I'll say there is outside of those two runs, not a whole lot going, which against the number one rush D in the country is expected. He averaged under three yards a carry outside of those uh, those two runs. Um, but yeah, he, he set the tone and and I wish we could have kept that going because I think, I don't want to say that was the difference, but that was, that was a big piece is, hey, we got these two huge runs, momentum's going, and then it kind of stalled out after that. So, Miles, you're lying. You're the man. Um, I, yeah. I love everything about your game, and, and I'm excited to see him continue continue to work on this for the rest of the season. I saw a stat earlier. I think he's eighth in the FBS in average yards per game. That's something like 117 or so. I differ. The other big play that Garrett Taylor made was on that fake field goal. Yeah. That that was huge. Yes. Yes, um, yes. I love that. Yep. No, that that's actually that's a really good call because I might have forgotten. I might have talked about it later on. But, yeah, we almost got burned by a – Big man scoring a touchdown. I'm not even just like a, a two-yard run in. That man this is a big dude. Almost went up and got it. Yeah. Uh, and Garrett, Garrett Taylor, Taylor made a great did a little Spider-Man swinging out of nowhere to break it up. Uh, I mean, it would have been a tough catch for the dude, but I don't even want to, I don't even want to leave that to chance. Exactly. <laughs> like, thank you, Garrett Taylor. Thank you, Miles Sanders. Um, yeah, and like we said, there, there are going to be shitty losses, this being one of them. You've got to find bright spots, and I think both of those guys had really, really good games. To flip to the other side. Um, this is, this is tough. Cause like, I think there's, I think there's so many candidates for, for lamb just because it's all around, not a good game, but there's one guy that it falls very squarely on. And it pains me to, it pains me to hear this. Cause I know who you're going to say. And I, I mean, like my soul, my heart and soul says, yes, I agree. But like, I really like this guy. So hit the people with it. Who is your lamb of the week? Amani Oro. Or I can't, I can't fucking say. Um, Dropped a huge an interception that would have won us the game. End of the game. What was there? A minute left. Uh, yeah, and it was in his bread basket. Man, it hit him in the numbers. He was like jumping in the air. Not the most arms tucked catch. in. It, it should have happened. And you could see, like, you could see him going to the ground after that, just yeah. pain in his eyes. And then let up the touchdown on what was he actually had really good coverage, and then made a really bad play on the ball, which is always very frustrating to see. He was there, he was doing the right thing, but then just didn't play the ball. Didn't do a good job turning around to look for it. And then and overall, like on the day, just kinda got burned by Felton Davis the third, like the entire second half. Uh, basically this kid Felton Davis the third was the only reason Michigan State had a third down conversion all day. And it was mostly Amani covering him. And he just really did a number on him. Yeah, and and that's why it's tough for me because I, I really do I really like Amani as a player. I so really, do I. I really so believe I. in him. I, you know what I love too is he's he's getting some like legitimate NFL <clears throat> hype. Um, and I know this year is a thinner year, but I've seen like many mock drafts with him in the late first round as a corner, which 
I would have never guessed. And mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm no draft expert, but I would not have picked that. And again, mocks are bullshit. Who knows what's going to happen? But all that being said, I agree with you that he is the lamb of this week because of those plays, right? You catch that interception, the game's over, we win. It's a scary one, but at least we're sitting here talking, hey, we got out of it. And he's a hero. That's another game-ending interception. Right? Yeah. He had the one against App State. The play against Felton Davis, the game winner. You're absolutely right in the fact that he had good coverage. Felton Davis did a little, like, stutter step to come back to the ball, and you could see Amani like, pack. They also made it. That was a very good play by um... – Lewerke and Felton Davis, you know, with the just that kind of chemistry that they have yep. to basically intentionally underthrow it, yeah. and, he, and he stops. Yeah, it was like, a, hey, I'm going to throw it up, make the play, and and I think that was almost also too like he wasn't completely airing it out to go get a touchdown. They're dude, they're obviously they're playing for the win, but he they know they're in he field intentionally range. underthrow. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They know they're in field goal range. Like, hey, if this drops, it drops. So be it. Um, what pisses me off about that play, and because like I said, Amani plays it well. He sees Felton Davis covers turn it. back. Covers Doesn't it well. play. Sorry, you're right. You're right. Uh, covers it well. Sees Felton Davis kind of stutter stop. And he just like panics and runs to him rather than looking up at the ball and then just gets spun around. Um, I'm not a football player. I wasn't on the field. But, man, when you're right in front of him, can you not just push him out of bounds? Like, I, that could have saved it. Well, that's interference. No, no, no. Once he catches the ball. Like, he's, oh. he's in front of him as he catches oh, the yeah. ball. And then Felton Davis kind of circles around him. Just give him a shelf. Um, I don't know. That that sucked. But on, on the day, he had, he had a pretty good day. He had four pass deflections, uh, four tackles. Like, I don't know. I, I really like Amani. Yeah, it, it wasn't like he got, you know, had some horrendous game. Right. And it was just the, he was getting picked on the whole the time. The crucial plays. Yeah. And a couple – and I, I, you know, he did have some, some other weaker moments again. Yeah, but, and there's one I was going to talk about it later, but I'll bring it up now. There was one where he uh, – it would have been a tough play, but he dove kind of to make an interception, and this is one where they converted, and it went, like, right through his hands. His hands were kind of, like, making a diamond to catch it, but it went right through. That's one for, for me. Like, if you're laying out like that and you, you can't 100% say, I'm going to have a chance to grab this, dude, swat it down. Like, live to fight another day. Um, but that, I believe, converted for a first down where, where it would have been – I don't know, game ender, but it would have given us a damn good shot. Um, the only thing I don't like about this one, and I'm getting to all my good, bad, and ugly in this, so sorry, yeah, listeners, you're going to get it all up front. I hate the coverage call on this last play. They are in the red zone. You leave Amani one-on-one with their best receiver who's been killing us all day. Why do you not have a safety there to help? Garrett Taylor's like playing in the flat there. So Felton Davis runs past him. Garrett Taylor like stays in the flat as if he's yeah. you know looking for a screen, which is probably his assignment. So he's playing it well. But why? Why do you let the best receiver that's been torching you one on one with the game on the line? I just I don't know. That one my guess my mind. would be that they didn't think Michigan State was going going for the end zone. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> like at the same time, like you have to prepare for that. You know, yeah. like I don't. For me, that's a and maybe I'm contradicting myself because. If they do dump a little six yard out and he scores, then I'm going to say, why did you play so conservative, right? So it's, it's, I mean, hindsight's 2020. It just, it sucked to see the one guy that all week, all of the analysts are saying, don't let this guy beat you. And he beat us. That, that hurt me like a whole lot. So Amani Oruarie, you are a lamb this week. And man, you can just hear it. Like I'm flat right now. Like I'm, this sucks, man. And we just don't have it. We don't. And I almost want to give um, – this is like in jest. I'm not actually going to give it to myself, but I kind of want to give myself the lamb. Um, in the preview, I was so nonchalant. It's like, ah, Michigan State doesn't scare me. Yeah, Ryan Murky right? doesn't scare me. My best, my best bet of the week – thank God I don't have a lot of money because if I did, I would have put thousands of dollars on this – was Penn State over 33 points. I was like, that is a lock. Yeah. And and Penn State with the points. You, you would have – Oh, I was taking a lot of bets. You this um, week. Good thing I'm relatively broken – make very small bets. Um, but yeah, my, my actual lamb, this is a tough one. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm in between two guys. I'm, I'm going to give it to one. I'll talk about the other later on because he wasn't really a lamb. He's just non-existent. My lamb's going to be Jake Benninger. Um, I hate giving it to him another week. Uh, I think you gave it to him last week. Oh yeah. We should start recording like these, uh, the awards <laughs> so we can look back on it. It's, it's tough. No, no, I didn't give it to him last week. Was the, I, I gave it to, Franklin and Ronnie last yeah, year. Yeah, I think you gave it to him one time here nor there. Yeah, Jake Pinninger, it's it's hard because he's a true freshman kicker. Expectations shouldn't be this high, 
But again, when you're a team of our caliber, you got to make your kicks. It was a 37-yarder. It wasn't a gimme. But three points is the difference in this game. Like, if four, but you know what I mean. If we go up three at that point, I think the tide changes a little bit. Like, I, I don't know. I, I'm hard. I'm, I'm having trouble finding a lamb because there's not many outside of Amani that are just poor performances. Like, there's a lot of subpar and there's a lot of... Trice played really poorly. All right. I wasn't going to go there, but For him. what do you got? For him. He did. Um, but, I mean, to kind of go off Pinnegar, uh, I mean, I don't I don't think expecting some uh, even a true freshman to be better than 50% is that high. Yeah. Like, he, he was 50% today, and he's 50% on the season. He's four of eight for field goals. And, again, Franklin hasn't, like, completely challenged him. We haven't been putting him out there with 45 yarders. Yeah. And, like, this this is a kid who, if you, if you follow him on social media. And, by the way, the 20-yarder he made was fucking by a – Hunter. I was terrified. Terrified would just get in the right upright, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, he's he's fifty percent on the season. And what are we saying about him on social media? Oh yeah, if, if you follow him on like Instagram or Twitter, like the months leading up to him getting to Penn State, he's showing off his leg. Like he's he's booting sixty yarders in practice, and of course, practice is different. You don't have anyone rushing you. There's no crowd going crazy. But for a kid who is fairly highly recruited as a kicker. Like, given the job as a true freshman, granted, we don't have a lot of other options, right? So it's not like, you know, it's not like there's a, a veteran sitting on the bench. I don't know. I just, I expect that you can make a 36, 37 yard field goal. It's just, it's, it really sucks because, again, in the Ohio State game, literally the difference where if we make that field goal, we win. Maybe, right? You never know how the game goes. Yeah. Um, and in this one, too, if, if we make that field goal and go up, I think the game script changes. I think. I don't know. I, I think there's a chance there. So I don't know. Trace, I, I have a hard time giving it to him. I, I see what you're saying, but I. I mean, I if know. he wasn't Trace McSorley, he didn't play a bad game. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. But 19 and I, for 32 is okay. It's not, it's not bad. 192 yards is. Re- and uh, I guess I, a lot of it doesn't fall on him as much as I didn't like the play calling. Yeah, so um, let's let's jump into our good bad ugly because I think you, a lot of this yeah. is going to come out in that. Okay, yeah, good right. Because yeah, we're getting into it. So lions of the week: Miles Sanders, Garrett Taylor. Lambs of the week: Amani Ogubarie and Jake Pinniger. Congrats, guys! Um, all right, good bad ugly. So every week we break down um, one or two things that we we saw from the game that were good, bad, and ugly. Pretty self explanatory. So. I don't know if there's a whole lot left for good. Um, we kind of talked about it I'm in our lines, but I think we got a couple. So what do you got? I have uh, the early game play calling. I actually liked. I saw your tweet. <laughs> I love the fact that we were passing a lot early. And in, in my opinion, it was a huge factor in the two big runs that Miles Sanders had. If you, I know for the big 78-yard one, it was the case. And I'm pretty sure it was for the 48 one as well, where we threw two successful passes. Michigan State has to drop back, respect the pass, and then especially in that seventy-eight one where they had nobody in the they had nobody. one non-lineman in the box. Trace saw it and exposed it. Yeah, and I think that I think that was and a it, fall on the line. It right? had yes, it was. Yeah. It was notable, yep. and so it had a lot to do with the fact that our passing game was not lighting the world on fire, but being successful. Yeah, and I'd like to see more of that. Yeah, I I agree. I think that's absolutely a, a good call out. And- yeah, it's it's tough, and we'll get to this maybe in the bad with, with when we say Trace had a bad game because man, what are they the hundred and twenty something pass defense in the nation, and like we couldn't light them up. So yes, I agree. Early on, it looked that's how it looked like after that first touchdown to KJ because we had the I think it was after Miles' run. Trace right? looked a good first quarter, and then his second and third quarters were very yeah like, non-existent almost. Yeah, so after that first uh, big run by Miles, um, he hits KJ on like. I don't know if it was a slant or a skinny post, whatever you want to call it, but over over the middle, that's like their favorite route. Um, and I was like, all right, this is going to be a good day. About 33 is going to cash by halftime. Like, this is going to be nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had the hat cam. Did you see that? The I hated the hat cam. Okay, thank you. I was going to say that. It was like, garbage. Everyone on Twitter is like, oh, it's so cool. No. Yeah, dude, it was like, like bullshit. I mean, it's cool for like a minute where you're like, oh, that's the view of the ref. And then they try to use it like as actual. They were, the thing is they were using the, the hat cam way too much. Way too much. I, I need two hat cams the whole game. I was going to say and one it. and only when it's a really cool shot. There were some where like, you could see him like looking down. I'm like, I don't need this. Here nor there. Uh, early game passing, yes, I agree, I think, was was really cool. Um, 
good for me. Uh, the stripe out looked really good. Um, Saquon was back. That was a lot of fun. God, these uh, were reaching for straws. No, here. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, I actually do have one good. Uh, I thought Blake Gilligan had a really good game. Uh, eight punts, averaged 45 and a half, had a long of 52. None of them really set the world on fire, but in a game where the offense just doesn't have it, I felt like he managed the field position pretty well and, and kept us, especially when Michigan State offense just couldn't string things together, pinning them back and making them start drives deeper. I, I thought he had a really good game and agreed. something we haven't needed to see a whole lot this year, um, but glad he showed up. All right, anything else for good? Uh, like I said, reaching that straws with my stripe out no. and Saquon being back. Um, all right, let's get into the bad. Uh, so, so for listeners, we go bad and ugly. Uh, again, it's kind of progressive, right? Good is good. Bad is kind of eh, in the middle, and then ugly is is ugly. So, let's talk about that middle middle life of of bad. What do you got? Um, I'm going with Trace McSorley. Okay, let's um, get into it. Again, you know, 192 yards against one of the worst passing defenses in the country is just isn't very good. Um, he's had trouble hitting any type of big pass this game, which is unlike him. Yeah. Um, and you saw, like, his, his the downsides of his game seemed very apparent, where he was he was sailing the ball to a lot of guys. He was overthrowing a lot of guys. Um, and, you know, that that's something that he does sometimes in every game, mm-hmm. but he did it, like, very consistently in this game. And, again, you know, he, he played 19 passes. But only 192 yards. It's it's not what you want. Yeah. Right. You. It, he had trouble getting anything that wasn't like short to medium range. Yeah, and and I which, like which then trickled down to they no longer had to have the same respect for the passing game and then the run game close off. Yeah, and we can like I said we can you know I'm like stumbling over my words. I, I am I've been a trace apologist. Um, I dropped that tweet about like his drop rate percentage and how it's the worst in the country with the receivers dropping the balls. I don't think we had a ton of drops this game that I remember. Um, but what, what I'm going to put on that spin zone of the bad is it's just the receiving the receiving core in general. Um, we, we've been talking about this all year. Early on, we talked about the drops. We talked about Jawan not being involved. We talked about DeAndre Tompkins not being involved. DeAndre was the one I almost thought about putting uh, as my lamb. You know how many catches he had? Zero. Zero. You know how many games of the six we played? He's had zero catches. Three, four. Oh, like the guy's just non-existent, and I don't know why. He's a hell of a talented wide receiver. He's shown us that in the past. Jawan, this game, two receptions for nineteen yards. yards. Um, the only two guys that Trace seems to trust are KJ and Pat Fryermuth, two yeah. freshmen. KJ's a redshirt freshman. Pat Fryermuth, yeah, he's like twenty years old, but guess what? He's a true freshman. Like these are two guys that have not played in games before, and he's the only—they're the only two that he seems to trust. Um, I was looking up the stats somehow. I don't know how Jawan is actually leads the team in receptions with nineteen. That, I mean, that just seems absurd, but he does. He had six in the first game. Yeah, that probably inflates it. Um, but after I that, he, I think he had another six against Ohio State, right? Yeah, but but after so that, twelve of nineteen in two games. Right, right. Uh, after that, it's KJ with eighteen and Pat Fryermuth with ten. Like, again, you shouldn't be relying on two freshmen. KJ's leading the yards race at 374. Um, KJ has five touchdowns. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, my, my point being is that we came into the season saying receiver depth is a strength. We know we're young, but we've got the depth, and there are going to be some guys stepping up. KJ and Pat Frymuth stepping up are supposed to be the bonus to the existing. Yeah. And it's just – it's not. It's the only thing that's there. So – I don't know who's to blame there. I don't, and we, I've talked about this before how I miss the hell out of Josh Gaddis, our wide receivers coach, because I think he's just, I mean, and he's not that you need to do a lot of Alabama, but he's got those Alabama receivers on something else with Tua down there. Um, I, I miss him a whole lot. I, I don't know much about our new coach, uh, David Corley, I think is his name. I don't know if it's on him. I don't know if it's on Ronnie's play calling, but I, I mean, I think it's apparent that losing our, losing our assistant coaches, Gaddis, Moorhead, Huff, like it's playing a factor because the talent's there, right? The talent I, I think is there, even though yes, there's been a drop off. I just, I don't know. It, it's really troubling to see that against the, one of the worst pass defenses in the country, we can't put up more than 200 yards passing. Agreed. Anything else in the bad category? I think I have one more um, before um, we get to ugly. 
No, that's it for me. So the other one for me, and this is oh, the fake punt. Yeah, I was actually. Was that ugly? I was going to get into that and ugly, but right, we'll um, ugly. one, one, one for bad, and this is like almost auxiliary, but fucking slipping on the turf multiple times. Where? When did that happen? Like, if you're slipping on the field in an away game, at like maybe like one of those cool Boise State fields, it's blue. You never played on it before, or like there's some sort of dome that you don't know about the conditions. I don't know. Like I'm making shit up right now. This is our home field. Trace on a fourth down. He had green grass in front of him, puts his foot down to start running and just falls. And you could see on his face, he was so pissed because he knew he was going to convert. Yeah. Did it. Miles Sanders running in for what probably would have been a touchdown. And and we may have converted on this one. I don't, I don't know, but slips on like the four yard line. And again, pissed at himself. Zach McPherson, cornerback. I think it was yeah. Zach. Slips covering Felton Davis. Dude scores a touchdown. And that was not a pretty play at all. That was the one where um, Lewerke threw it up kind of to the sideline and he dragged his foot or like across the pylon. Yeah. They reviewed it. There was no way they were going to overturn it. But man, if, if McPherson if stays swim. on his feet, and again, I'm not blaming him. Like, I don't know what the conditions And there was one of the Michigan State guys, at least one of them slipped on a big yeah. play too. If, if McPherson doesn't slip there, do they score that touchdown? I, I Maybe, maybe, maybe not. not. It's like, I hate playing that what if game because. You don't, but yeah. And Michigan State had a wide receiver that slipped on an open route, and uh, you saw Felton Davis do it one time and come up with a catch. Yeah, that one was um, unreal. Um, that yeah, that he uh, caught in like his legs, right? Oh, yeah, other one. Yeah, unbelievable. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. It's like it, it didn't look like it was raining. It looked like a beautiful day. Don't know why we wouldn't be prepared for our own field, but that just that was one of those things. That in seems like, strange. Yeah. In, a, in a down game, you don't need that, and that's just it's like really. So it was one of those like Murphy Law thing kind of. Anything that can go wrong will go wrong. Yeah. Uh, so let's get into ugly. Where do you want to start? Uh, play calling after the first quarter. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> um, this is this is where the the fire Franklin fire Ronnie mob comes in. So let's, let's talk about it. Yeah. So I mean, this wasn't like your usual issues that we had with James Franklin not being able to protect a lead because it's not like he was up big and then got really conservative. Um, and you know, it was still a close game when this happened. It just it seemed like things did get overly conservative. We weren't taking shots with the pass game anymore. Uh, a lot of the passes we were, you know, making were, you know, dink and dump passes. Yep. And then we, we and it, things seemed a little predictable. Um, I, I do think a lot of it had to do with the fact that it seemed like Trace did, didn't quite have his game that day. He was overthrowing receivers. He wasn't making throws that he usually makes. And I think that allowed Michigan State to put more pressure on our offense. Yeah. Um, but you know, I just, as a coach, you got to be able to you got to do a better job of putting your players in a position to succeed. And I didn't see Franklin and Ronnie doing that in this game, offensively. Yeah, I, I agree, and I I, I like what also you said that earlier. end zone fade to Juwan where, where we had to settle for the field goal, twenty yard field goal. I hate that play. I hate that fucking play so much. And I gotta be honest with you, I don't know how great of a route runner Juwan Johnson is. I have to imagine he's not the best considering he seems to disappear for large stretches of game. Can I tell you when I hate that play the most on third down when yes. it's just not like the offense isn't clicking. That's a play that you take your chances on, on first and goal, because guess what? If it doesn't work, you sail it out of the end zone and you got a couple you, of shots. You, you to run to another day. But when that's your last play, you got to go with something that's a little more high percentage. And the, I'd rather you run a slant to the middle of the end zone. Not even a high percentage. Give yourself options. I mean, it was a, what, a three-step drop, toss it up. Yep. If he's not there, that's the whole play. That's what you're going to, like, really? That's your last your, shot? You're going to anchor touchdown? your season on that? Like, I don't know. It, it was it was really, really ugly. Um, I was watching with my dad, and shout out to Papa Hankin. Uh, he and I are no longer allowed to watch games together. Uh, the last game we watched start to finish was for his 60th birthday in Las Vegas last year when we blew an 18-point lead to Ohio State. Uh, so, Dad, I love you. We just can't watch games anymore so together. Much. Bad luck charm. Maybe I'm a bad luck charm with you. I don't know. Um, but we were sitting there on, on our last offensive drive, and we ran the ball twice. And my dad's more. My dad's like definitely more negative than I am when it comes to games because I'm, I'm sitting there like, all right, come on, guys, come on. He's a lifelong Jets fan. What do you want from him? Very true. It's not his fault. Very true. I'm sitting there like, come on, guys, we got this, we got this. And he's sitting there. Why the fuck are you running it again? And like, we kind of, you know, we we have our our fun with it. So I'm yelling back, and I'm like, well, they have to run. They have to make them use their last timeouts. They have to. Which I agree with, and I still I still stand by. 
but you can mix it up with a little screen pass, a swing pass, which you know I hate. Yeah. But it's high percentage. Keep the clock moving. And then, I mean, the mental mistake of Trace to to go out of bounds on that last one. Um, it was what third and something. You remember that? Was, yeah, we we ran it twice. Third and something. Trace <laughs> runs, and it, that, I mean, that's just the competitor of him trying to get extra yards, and he goes out of bounds. I don't think it would have made a difference. I don't think so either. But it's just it's all the little things that in a loss like this you point back to. Um. So yeah, that. I, I agree with the play calling, and this is one of the stats uh, from Ben Jones on Twitter. I think he writes for statecollege.com. Uh, so we talk a lot about, and until we until we lose a game by more than three points, you're going to keep hearing about this trend, right, of not being able to close out. Um, and Penn State's last five losses, Penn State has started 11 drives with less than 10 minutes to play. So we have had 11 drives, less than 10 minutes to play. How many? How many? Yeah, probably with a lead. Um, at, at, at the very least tied. Uh, how many of those do you think we've scored on? I'm sorry, repeat it. So in those last five losses, right, we lost to USC, Ohio State, Michigan State, Ohio State, Michigan State. Okay. In those five games, we have started 11 drives on offense with less than 10 minutes to play. How many of them have we scored on? Two. None. Oh, God. We have scored on none of our 11 drives with less than 10 minutes to play. Now, when there's less than 10 minutes or, you know, less than eight, less than five minutes, really all you got to do, run the clock, make them use their timeouts if they have them, and get a first down, two first downs, right? And I'm talking more when you get into like the four, three minutes here. You got to get first downs and extend the game. Of those 11 drives, how many yards do you think they average? Less than 20. 14! That sucks, man. And that's that's where the criticism comes in. And Yeah, that's one first down per... If that, right? And if you're averaging, hell, there's going to be plenty that were three and outs. Yeah. Um, and we saw that. Like, like we, we saw that in this and game. Essentially, yeah. you're, you're taking like two minutes off the clock. Yeah, and which is playing not to lose instead of playing to win. And that's where the criticism comes in. And again, I agree with Franklin. Yes, I'd much rather lose close games than be blown out and have a chance. But it's not like we're fighting and we just didn't convert the last one. It's We have, we have the lead in a lot yeah, of these games. I'd rather win close games than lose them. You're damn right. <laughs> hot take alert. Hot take. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's where the criticism comes in and, and it's tough, man. It, it's really tough because we have the lead and this is what pisses me off too. When people, everyone is tweeting like at ball coach, Joe Mo, Joe Moorhead, please come back at Joe Mo. We miss you at Joe Mo. Well, three of those five losses were with Joe Mo calling the blitz. Yeah. Like, I mean, you can, I don't think anyone would disagree with you right now that Joe Moorhead is a better offensive coordinator than Ricky Ronnie. If he wanted to come back tomorrow, I would say yes. But, like, it's just a lazy narrative to say, oh, it's, it's, it's just Joe Moore. Yeah. If we've lost five games. We've had the lead in five games or close to it, and we just haven't finished. So it, it's really frustrating. And, I mean, Franklin's speech after the Ohio State of going from great to elite, like, I still believe that. And this is one of those little things that, guess what, man? Elite teams, hell, at this point, great teams. Have elite coaches. We did not. We did not look like a great team this week. No. Great teams find a way to finish those games. They find a way to get 10 yards for a first down just to clinch it. And we haven't done that. So that's what fires me up. That's what gets me pissed off. It's like, just get 10 yards, get the first down. Like, I want to see a victory offense in one of these tight games. I want to see us kneel the ball because we have checkmated them. Yeah. Your timeouts are gone. We got the first down. There is nothing you can do. Like, every one of these wins is you're holding your breath. Like, oh, shit. Oh shit, is it going to happen? Yeah, so true. I can talk about that forever. Let's move on because we're getting close to uh, close to time here. Um, what did I say I had for ugly? I was going to get to special teams, right? The fake punt, um, that was ugly. Um, the, the, the thing that gets me the most here is Franklin preached it all week, and we talked about that on the previews. He said, hey, they run a lot of fakes. We got to be ready for that. You had to know it was coming, and I, I don't know, like, can you defend the fake on every punt, or does that does that? Yeah, you can. I, I think so, right? Like, it, sometimes I have these takes in my head, and I don't want to come off sounding like a complete idiot, but if you know this team does that, why not just have a spy there? Is that really going to make the difference in your punt return? Maybe. Rush one less guy. You're not going to block it anyway. Yeah. Pull one guy to watch him. And it was a fourth and six. Like, it wasn't like a one-yard sneak. Like, you, got like, you got like 25 yards. You got 25 yards on it. Um, that was just really, really embarrassing. It was like, well, we knew it was coming. 
couldn't do a damn thing about it. So that really sucked. Yeah. And then um, the the fake field goal attempt that, that you talked about before. That one worked. Thank God for Garrett Taylor. Yeah. Otherwise, we look really bad with a big man. Uh, what's his name? Raekwon, Raekwon Davis, yeah. like that. Uh, with a big man scoring touchdown on us. So I'll tell you what, though, that wasn't that didn't look as much like we were just kind of standing there with our cocks in our hands, like the punt did. Yeah. There were more than one guy chopped. Yes. Back on that yes. Play. And we were ready for it. It's yeah. just to be that close even scared me. Yeah. Um, and this is another one, right? Coach Huff, who's now at Mississippi State with Mississippi. I said that. Jeez. Mm-hmm. Um, Coach Huff, who's at Mississippi State with Moorhead, was our special teams coordinator. We've got a new special teams coordinator, and that's the that's scary. working out for him. Yeah. So Phil Galliano, I think, is his name. Um, the return return game wasn't anything special. KJ had three kick returns for 57, 19 yards on average. DeAndre three for 17 punt returns. Five yards on average. Um, Pinnegar we talked about. So outside of Gillikin, special teams didn't really have a great day. Um, so that was kind of ugly for me. Um, I think that's all. Shit, man, we could talk about this forever. I think yeah. we've I think we've exhausted most of what went wrong in this game. Yeah. One thing I want to do is give credit where credit is due to Michigan State, where uh, they're the best tackling team I've seen in college so far. They don't miss tackles, man, and that was a that was a big part of. You know, things that Penn State can often expose on other teams is, you know, my, especially with Miles Sanders mm-hmm. breaking out of tackles. And he, he even he could do it. And then that flea flicker that they got for, I, I think it was either a touchdown or they got tackled on like the one yard line. Yeah. That actually wasn't poorly defended. We didn't get fooled. They just made a really good play. And so you got to give credit to where credit is due to Michigan State, who played, came in not with, the, you know, their full healthy roster. To, they were really banged up. Yeah, to a homecoming game in Beaver Stadium and played well. Yeah. I mean, this is what now? Two losses in Beaver Stadium in the last two games. Prior to that, we hadn't lost at home in, what, two years, I think it was? Yeah. It sucks. Um, so, yeah, uh, yes, you have to give credit. I, I see why they're the number one run defense. We got to expose them on two runs. Other than that, they even shut us down. Um, we did not show up to play, and they did. That's That's what it comes down to. Oh, last thing. Almost completely forgot about this. I will never, ever, ever be a guy to blame the game on the refs, but holy shit. Well, they called that uh, defense, uh, holding on a defensive lineman? On a run play. Like, he's swimming. Yeah, where it didn't didn't happen, and then they score a touchdown. He didn't even touch him. And that was on a third down, too. He did not even touch him. I mean, he he literally, like, I don't know, swim move is the wrong term, but, like, he pushed – Offensive lineman to the side and like it would maybe contact for half a second. Yeah, maybe that was just. I mean, yeah. I I understand that you know as a team you have to get over that and make the play after that call happens. But to pretend that a referee didn't gift wrap a first down to Michigan State on a drive where they weren't going to score, and then they end up scoring seven, and then we lose by four. Mm -hmm. That's a big deal. It's a huge deal. Six penalties, 41 yards. So that doesn't jump out at you. But like you said, they were timely. The other one, which I can't blame the refs because this was completely on us. We get a goal line stop and then CJ Thorpe swings Dude, it. Dude, that fucking kid. I didn't even see I On the replay, I didn't even really see the swing, but I believe it. And we've praised CJ for his mean streak and how he's nasty and how he's, he'll go yeah, to don't war be for a you. fucking idiot, though. Correct me if I'm wrong. We stopped them, right? That was third down. And maybe yeah. they would have went for it. Maybe they would have scored anyway. But on third down, when your defense has a goal line stand and you get not sportsmanlike to give them a first down, because they went and scored on that. I'm like, oh, that was brutal. Um, penalties did, all around. Did he sucks. get in the game for the rest? I don't think he. You could see Franklin giving it to him on the sideline. I, I mean, I'll he be honest with you. He should not have stepped foot on that field for the rest of the game after that. And I'm totally okay with Franklin keeping him out after that. Yeah, I mean, the tough part is, and this is the reason why he's on the defensive line to begin with, is um, Ellison Jordan has been out with his knee. Um, Antonio Shelton, I think it is, got hurt this game. Um, so our defensive tackle depth is, is getting thin, which is why we converted him from offensive yeah. tackle to defensive tackle. But if you saw that clip, I'll try to pull it uh, if I can get a replay. Franklin was letting them have yeah, it on the sideline. Um, deservedly so. That's about yeah. as dumb of a thing as you can do. Yep, completely agree. Um, last stat, and then I actually will wrap up. 
Uh, third down efficiency, again, continues to just be a plague for us. Three of 14, you're just not going to win games that way. So Yeah, and a lot of this was, again, I thought Trace was overthrowing kids. Um, he, he just didn't – he had that one play where the ball literally slipped out of his hand. Uh, he, he didn't look very clean. But also, you know, we weren't exactly getting set up for manageable third downs either on a lot yep. of those. Yep, exactly. So lots to take away from this game. A lot of bad, a lot of ugly, a little bit of good. There's a little bit of good um, season for title hopes is over, but listen, if you put any sort of effort energy into supporting this team, if you are more than just a casual watcher, if you are listening to this podcast, if you're going to a bar and screaming your lungs out, if you're reading any of the blogs, you're pissed because you care and that's good. That's okay. Like get over this one. Give yourself a couple days more if you need to be pissed, be upset. Get over it. Get back on board. Indiana, 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 Indiana. We'll talk about it in the preview, but at Indiana, 12.30 noon, man, this team better come out fire, and we're going to be in for another ugly one. Um, all right, we didn't do Big Ten awards. Do we want to do a two-minute? No, all right, Big Ten, baller <laughs> and bozo of the week. No one gives a shit. Um, <laughs> next week, we'll get back to it, hopefully after a win. Uh, PSU in the NFL, pretty good week. Saquon crushed it, even though the Giants suck. Uh, Godwin had a touchdown. Kasiki had a really cool hurdle. I, I think Godwin's nice. had a touchdown every game this season. He's really good. He's a really good player, and I think he's going to be really every good. Every game this season. I think he's going to be really good for a really long time. Um, probably still, some more. We'll, still pissed the Jets passed on him. I, I don't remind For me. a guy that's not even on the roster. Not even on the roster. Our Darius Stewart. Um, um, we'll talk more about that on our, our midweek episode, and we do preview the Indiana. So check us out on social media uh, at No Names All Game, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, tell your friends about us. You can join us when we win and celebrate or sit here and commiserate with us when we lose. Yeah. We're, we're here for you either way. Uh, Pat, any last words for the fans? We love this team so much, guys. And I know they've hurt us. And I know it stings. But it will get better. It will. Just keep coming back for more. We are.